Good morning, Lake Norman. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and we are about town today. Actually, we've got a great topic today. It's very timely as it relates to our town government here in the great town of Cornelius. One of the most important things we do as a, as a board of commissioners and as a staff is create a budget. It happens every year, this time of year, and it's incredible the process that takes place once we build this budget. It's a lot of give and take, a lot of negotiation, a lot of input from citizens, and we try our best to get it right. Uh, it starts out really with this fine staff that we have in the town of Cornelius. You'll, you'll see us building toward what is known as the manager's recommended budget. That will hit about May of this year. And manager Andrew Grant is with us today, as is our finance director for the town of Cornelius, Julie Nyswanger, and also our communication manager, Maylin Joyner. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. Thanks. Thank you, Mayor. Glad Mayor. to have y'all. Uh, it's a... It's kind of a dry topic, but a critically, critically important topic. We have to work with so many aspects of getting this budget right, uh, not the least of which is state statutes and town ordinances and different things that we have to keep in line. A lot of people think that we sit around with uh, a lot of money in our fund balance. Is, is that true, Julie? Well, not exactly. Not exactly. That's that's what you keep <laughs> it, telling me. It depends on, on how you look at it. I understand. I understand. So how do you look at it in terms of, uh, of where we land on the fund balance? I'm really asking you a, a very specific question to uh, start out the hopper today. So... Yes, sir. So um, at the end of uh, fiscal year 22, um, our total fund balance, which includes your general fund balance, plus our uh, road reserve capital reserve fund that many of you have know about and have heard about over the years, that was about $38.4 million. Um, part of that $38.4 million is also restricted fund balance. Um, that basically means that you have to set that aside for purposes such as like if it's um like grant funds like if or if it's um pow bill funds and that those funds are uh, used for roads and things like that and so that at the end of 22 that total was 7.2 million the road reserve capital reserve fund that i talked about just a minute ago that was over 9 million it's a good thing we have that isn't it yes sir with everything that's, that's starting to, coming up coming and going way. on so the available fund balance is what's really important and that was um, at the end of 22, 24.4 million. Well, that's a pretty good number still. But, uh, you know, there's so many needs in our town. We'll get to more specifics about what some of those needs are as it relates to capital improvement funds and different things like that. But, Manager Grant, you start this process. Uh, I know you started probably mid to late November, if not before that. I don't know if you ever aren't dealing with budget. Yeah. Is yeah, that true? Uh, that is very true. So uh, for the public and the board, they may see it for a few months out of every year. But as Julie and I joke all the time, we, we never stop working on budget. Uh, literally, the board will adopt the budget typically in June. And uh, we may get a couple weeks off, but then we're always uh, talking about budget. Um, July, end of July, August hits, and Julie and I and her team were planning for the upcoming budget season. So literally, it's 11, 12 months out of the year. So how do you start out? I mean, this, this is quite a process, and, and, and literally, 
Uh, how do you how do you make the sausage here? I guess is what right. I'm after here. Where, where does this all start? Yeah, so um, you know, it, referring to your existing budget is always a good place to start. Um, but also, uh, you know, uh, we always look at our priorities. We always look at our needs. Um, May Lynn, I know, is likely going to be talking about our <laughs> citizen budget survey, and that's where we get a lot of information from our citizens about what their priorities are, which, no big surprise, transportation and public safety are number one and number two. Um, so we look at how we can uh, put our uh, money where our mouth is, if you will, to uh, bring improvements to those priorities. Um, and a lot of what we do is take that feedback from the citizens, and <clears throat> Julie and I will take a lot of good recommendations from our staff, our department heads, such as the police chief and fire chief and other directors, uh, to really start to make that sausage, if you will, Mayor. Well, that's that's fantastic, and uh, you know, have you? I assume you've started that already, right? We have, yes. And in fact, uh, here in two days, uh, Julie and I are awaiting uh, recommendations from our staff about what they would like to see funded in FY '25. And this will this will head toward a, uh, I guess, an in-town budget retreat, if mm -hmm. you will. Which will occur in February, I believe, and that that's isn't right. that correct? Early, I know that's on my calendar. Early February. In fact, we have the uh, budget calendar right here, and I put my old man glasses on. And uh, February eighth is when we have that planning gotcha. session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that would be open to the public. Mm -hmm. uh, all of our sessions regarding budget are open to the public, and we really want to hear from the public, mm -hmm. and we do hear from the public. But that's kind of where it all starts, and that's a culmination of hearing from our department heads the manager, the finance director, and all aspects mm -hmm. of town government will will compile their own recommendations. And then we start the whittling down process. Right. Is that is that true? <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. So uh, I, I know it always comes up, and it's important to our citizens. It's important to me as a taxpayer in Cornelius as well. So what determines whether we get a tax increase or not? So there are just a lot of factors. Um, and if you think about how your home budget works, uh, or if you, uh, uh, most most people who don't work for the government, they work for a private entity, a company, a corporation, and you think about those their budgets as well. And it really comes down to um, you have a certain amount of expenses to meet certain amount of priorities, and do you have enough revenue to pay for those expenses? Um, another important factor for us is not only the upcoming year's budget, but um, uh, what it looks like in the future. And the mayor, as, as you know, uh, Julie and her team, they do a really great job helping us put together a 10-year forecast to look at uh, how we're meeting our needs, not only for the next year, but for 10 years in the future, make sure that we're complying with all of our policies as well. So that those are all very important factors in determining whether or not we have a tax increase. Well, what adds to the to the complication of all this, in my opinion, is boards change from time to time. Every two years, and previous boards can't commit future boards, which I hear that often. Uh, sometimes I wish they could, and uh, but that they can't. Right. That's not legal. So, so we're getting ready to embark on a on a new board, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute and how we indoctrinate our board mm -hmm. with um, all the aspects of the uh, financial side of town government. One of the most we we really make our new board into many things. We make them into legal experts. We make them into accountants. Right. We make them into public relations experts. And 
the list goes on and on. Park and Rec, um, you know, arts, and, you know, the list is is very, very long in terms of what we expect from our board. So we'll, we'll get into how we go about that process because this new board is getting ready to get sworn in this Monday right. at 6 o'clock. So we're excited. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and we're about town, and we'll be right back. again Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam here and we are about town talking about the Cornelius town budget the upcoming new budget which is right now as we speak in the creation process and uh, there's several initial stages that take place in this budget planning uh, process that we go through so diligently in Cornelius we talked a little bit about uh, actually getting our board of uh, commissioners up to date uh, that process has already started, even with our new, newly elected commissioners. We actually have three newly elected commissioners and two returning commissioners this time. So our board is predominantly new folks that have never done a budget before. That doesn't say they won't do a great job with the budget, but there is an a, uh, onboarding process for them to understand how we go through that process in the town government. And there's only so much you can cover with them prior to them being sworn in, which is right around the corner this Monday. And we really do invite everyone to attend our swearing-in ceremony, which will take place at the Cornelius Town Hall beginning at 6 p.m. It's, it's fabulous to see how government churns and how government smoothly transitions from one governing body to a new governing body. And I'm very privileged to serve as your mayor again in Cornelius. Uh, and then we will also swear in the five uh, new uh, commissioners. And they're all new because we have two-year terms. Uh, we will continue to have two-year terms in Cornelius. And uh, uh, we'll go through that process on Monday, and the fun begins. So as part of that process, uh, they will go through very intense uh, conversations with our town manager. I will attend as many of those meetings as possible, but those start this week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's where we start bringing them up to date on the specifics of the, the transition from one budget to the next budget. So, uh, Andrew, I know you um, you started that here a couple of years ago, or maybe less than that, and it's been a wonderful process to keep people up to date as how we're traveling through the budget year, mm -hmm. right? That's that's exactly right. And one of the things we do, um, not only internally, but publicly as well, and, and you'll remember this, Mayor, we've implemented some uh, pre-meeting discussions, if you will, um, leading into that February 8th planning session and also the budget workshop in March, uh, because we have... I'll call them um, necessarily high users of our budget, such as the police department and fire department, transportation, uh, personnel. Uh, we provide the board with enough background information and baseline information about um, the 
those departments' needs from a budget standpoint, financial standpoint, so that by the time we hit the planning session and the budget uh, workshop in February, March, they've got enough background information to really understand what is going on because it is very complicated and very complex and it is a lot of information. So we try to get everyone sped up as much as possible. Gotcha. And and you know, the town of Cornelius runs as much as possible. It is government, but it runs as poss- as much as possible as a business. And I know in my 50 years in banking, one of the key components was making sure that you're paying people competitively. That aspect of our budget is, to me, very critical. Uh, We have lots of discussions about that. What is that right number? So in town government, how do we know how people are paid uh, in their range or if they're being Mm -hmm. paid fairly? How do do we go about that process? uh, That's an excellent question. And um, and we are, like you referred to, Mayor, um, not unlike the private sector. Uh, if you look at almost any corporation, including government, your number one cost is going to be personnel cost. And, and it is uh, for a very good reason. Our employees, and I've always said this since I've become manager five years ago, our employees are our number one asset. True in and, any business, in, right? In any business, and especially for government. And we have, um, and I can turn to my left and my right, uh, we have a relatively new employee, a high-quality employee in Bay Lynn, uh, a tenured employee like, like myself and Julie, <laughs> and we want to keep our employees. And um, we have other governments that want our employees and have poached our employees in the past. And so uh, we want to prevent that. We want to keep our employees here. Once we spend a lot of time and resources and funding uh, training our employees, we want to keep them here. So the goal is, as you've alluded to, Mayor, is to pay everyone competitively. Uh, So over the past five years, we've really implemented a plan where we have um, uh, finally gotten to the point where I feel like we're paying people competitively. And we do that by a very um, uh, quantitative, objective manner. There's hardly any subjectivity to it. We obtain uh, salaries and um, uh, salary band information, salary range information from all of our quote unquote competitors in the market. Uh, these would be towns and organizations in our area uh, that are our market, much like a private sector market. When we obtain that factual information about what their employees are paid and what their pay ranges are, that goes into a very uh, complex uh, formula, if you will, spreadsheet, which spits out um basically what the market rate should be for individual employees and their uh, their positions. And once we have that information, we compare it to what we're paying our employees and what our salary ranges are, and that spits out a number as to what that should be. And again, it's very quantitative-based, it's very objective, and Mayor, I know you're familiar with it as well. Um, not only do we look at that at the staff level, and our HR director is very involved in, in putting that information together, but we also vet that information and the recommendations from that with a personnel committee. Uh, we have three uh, Cornelius citizens who are HR professionals, or uh, in their cases, retired HR professionals from the private sector who work with us, myself, the HR director, and Julie, our finance director, on our recommendations to make sure um, that a a public body, if you will, citizens have looked at that before the recommendation goes to the town board. You know, I can remember a, a point uh, during my tenure, a uh, fairly short time after you became manager, that we we had a crisis. We did. We had a crisis with our police department, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, keeping our public safety 
uh, personnel intact and uh, on a continued basis is nothing more critical than that. All of our employees are critical. But in that case, you're jeopardizing public safety, which there is no higher priority for our board and mm-hmm. the mayor than making sure our town is safe. So I can remember we were down 11, 12 officers at one time. That is correct. Which was having serious impact. And they were leaving for other other uh, towns, municipalities, mm-hmm. and, and jobs, right. if you will, throughout this region. And uh and we fixed that. It it was like ripping the Band-Aid off all right. overnight, but we fixed it, and it took a little healing up time. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've come from that point to a point in time now that we've got almost no uh, openings Correct. in our in our uh, police department. Correct. And, yeah. um, and that's I'm, I'm pretty proud of that because mm-hmm. we did the right thing for our citizens. We did what they expected us to do, and that's, that's one one place that town government, whether you got a budget or not, has to remain nimble and responsive to what the citizens ask for and what they need. Right. So I'm re- really proud of that that particular moment in time, and I hope we never reach that again. But uh, but we did the right thing. We did, and and as you alluded to, Mayor, you've got a great memory. We had about twelve uh, uh, vacancies in the police department of officers, and twelve may not sound like a large number. That was. Uh, roughly 20% of our police force. And when you're 20% down, we were not able to provide the services at the level that we want to provide police services in the community. Um, and we're at a healthy level of turnover and vacancies now versus five years ago. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we're we're there Yes, and just have to remain there for sure. So one of the other important components, other than educating our, our incoming board, is hearing what citizens think. How critical could that be? Because, you know, we all ultimately work for the citizens of this town. They put us in office or they don't. And um, that's kind of kind of what this is all about. And we have come a long, long way in listening to citizens through many, many aspects of, um, of what we do. Uh, I can remember when I became mayor, we didn't even have a communications director or manager. Uh, thankfully, that was one of the first things that I was really pushing for uh, because I lean on this person heavily to help me in all kinds of aspects of, uh, of my job as mayor. And uh, so uh, we got that in place, thankfully, uh, through a reluctant board, I will add, at that time. But we did it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're done yet. I think there's a lot more we can do in mm-hmm. the communications field. And I hope this board will be uh, amenable to considering expanding that role because there's nothing more important that we do from a day to day than listen to citizens. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we need to, to re to reinvent the wheel there and figure out better ways to do it and get even more opportunities for folks to respond. So, so Maylin, uh, you're doing a great job for us. Thank you, by the way, oh, we you. greatly appreciate your efforts and, um, and your service to our town. So how do you go about, this input, you, you know the expectations of our board, you know the expectations of me and, and your manager, Andrew. Uh, how, how do you go about the process of making sure we're hearing what uh, uh, citizens are saying and thinking out there? Well, there are a few different ways that you can go about it, but the way that we do annually is we host a citizen budget survey. And that is the one place that citizens can turn to make sure that all of their feedback is in an easily packaged form to be delivered to the board and to the people who decide on the budget. So typically around this time, we launch the budget survey. We leave it open for a few months. 
And we ask citizens to rank their priorities, um, 10 of them, to see what categories are most important to them. And then that's delivered to the board and you all consider it. And it really gives citizens an opportunity to, in a very easy and quick fashion, make sure that their voices are being heard. Our citizen budget survey this year is actually going to launch very soon, and we can talk about that more in just a few minutes. But typically, we get about a thousand responses, which for a, a town our size is very impressive. And you look at other municipalities, you know, ten times our size, and they're getting half of that. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm very grateful to have a very engaged community and citizens who want to make their voices heard, who and want they to care. participate. Yeah, they really and, care, and that's fantastic. So we'll come back and get into more details about that survey and what you as citizens can expect to see on that survey. Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam here, and we're about town talking about town budget today. We'll be right back. Good morning again. Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam here, and we're in our next segment of About Town, talking town budget. And we were on a topic uh, right before the break regarding citizen input and uh, surveying citizen and citizens and having opportunities for them to provide the board and the mayor feedback as to how we process through the process of this budget preparation. So, Maylin, tell us a little bit about the kinds of things that we need to know from citizens in order to make the kind of decisions that uh, we're expected to make on their behalf. Well, the number one thing that you need to know is what they want you to spend their money on. You know, as taxpayers, it's actually the most important part of the budget process that we know what people want out of their government. And so we ask a handful of questions to try and ascertain that information. And the biggest one is that we give them 10 categories that budgeting can fall into, and we ask them to rank them on a scale of 1 to 10, one being their most important priority, which in the past couple of years has been transportation, number two has been public safety, and number three has been parks and rec pretty mm -hmm. consistently. And I'm not surprised about that. I, you know, as long as I've been elected, I think it's been pretty well stacked up that way with transportation and public safety kind of, you know, exchanging places a time or two. But um, there's there's nothing more important than those three categories for sure. I know that I hear that as well in my feedback around town. So uh, so how do you how do you get that information out out of them? I mean, do you just accumulate it and and provide that feedback to the board or how how's the process work and um, how do you get that out to citizens? How can citizens make sure they have an opportunity to participate? Because I think many of them do. Probably a lot more than that thousand that we <laughs> keep talking about. Definitely. Over the, the various channels that we have for people to give feedback, um, there are definitely more opportunities to participate. Some of those are at board meetings where they speak directly to their elected officials. But with the survey specifically, it's shared all over social media, in our town newsletter, uh, on the website. We send it out so, to some local publications to share as well. And so we try to, to make it as visible as possible. We're never going to be able to hear from every single person, but we try our best to make sure everyone has the opportunity to at least take the survey. And what other kinds of things do we survey citizens on? It, it seems like to me when we were going through this process last year, we surveyed people to death almost to the <laughs> point where they didn't open the emails. But uh, what, what's the right uh, approach to um, not wearing them out, but providing the feedback or getting the feedback? The best approach is to not do it too often. But, you know, we, we do have to every year just to make sure that we do get that, that valuable input. Um, 
and we try to keep it as short as we can. That's right. that's one of the things that really helps to prevent that survey fatigue is just making sure that it's not a burden for people to take the survey. It should be something that you want to do. You want to make sure that your voice is heard and that you have input on where your tax dollars are being spent. And so the, the best way we can do that is to keep it abbreviated. I think last year it was only five questions and then a handful of demographic questions to make sure we were hearing from a decent sample of the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do we do we do all this in-house or do we uh, seek help of experts to help us through this process? In years past, it has been mostly in-house. Um, we would draft the survey, we would publish the survey, and we would analyze all of the results. Last year, there was a little bit of a shift. We did bring in a vendor who hosted the second part of the survey to try and get some more analytical information out of it. And this year, we'll be switching to um, a vendor to host the survey throughout its three months, and they should be able to provide some really valuable insight on what we receive. That's that's fantastic. And uh, uh, this will move into the process. Will we, will we have this at the initial budget survey uh, meeting that we have? And I don't, I, mean, I don't mean survey, but the initial uh, board session. meeting planning session in February. We will have that by then. Yes. So we're able to pull the results at any point, And we have done that in the past. Uh, this time around, we should have some nice, pretty pictures for you Good. at any point that you need them. Good. That's that's fantastic. It really is. So, uh, Manager Grant, what do you think? Uh, and and Julie, I'll ask you this uh, this question as well. What do you think are are going to be the toughest parts of this survey? You know, last year we were faced with uh, a huge inflationary factor, a huge need to take keep employees up to date with uh, salary expense and. Uh, uh, you know, the cost of our doing business was simply more. I think a lot of people have thought, maybe some of our board members last time, thought that uh, the town of Cornelius was immune to inflationary impact, uh, which is certainly not the case. So that was our that was our setting last year, dealing with that component. We had very low uh, interest rates on our borrowing needs. We had, um, I mean, excuse me, well, yes, on our borrowing needs, and we were paid very little on our investments because interest rates were so low on um, the, the money that we had in our fund balance. So what's your expectations from a, you know, it's important. The other aspect that our board has to really participate in and be knowledgeable about is the economy. And uh, we have to make some best guesses. We expect them to be economists as well. So mm-hmm. it's not quite as hard for me as a banker, but uh, those of, of them that are not in that particular field or an associated field, it gets a little tough. So we have to uh, you know, expect some uh, really high-level expertise. And so how do, we, how do we know what's coming as it relates to this particular budget that could be impacted by economic conditions. Yeah, so um, as as Jewel and I will say every year to the board, um, we are not economists, but at the same time, um, we have to be, uh, and we have to gather as much information as we can every year to help um, before we make a recommendation to the board and start having discussions at the planning session and the budget retreat, what we feel like is a... Um, uh, solid revenue estimate because as I mentioned earlier in the the show revenues determine whether or not you have enough to pay for your expenses um, and that's directly tied um, to uh, how the economy is doing that's directly tied to how people are doing at their 
their homes and if they're able to pay the property tax. Uh, it also ties into whether or not they're purchasing items, which is ties into sales tax, and we receive sales tax revenues. And uh, a lot of people are, are surprised to hear that sales tax revenues are our number two revenue source for the town, right, right behind property taxes. And so we're making those estimates. And, um, you know, we are government, so we are relatively conservative in our estimates. But to your point, Mayor, uh, we're gathering information from the private sector. We're gathering information from uh, public uh uh, organizations such as the North Carolina League of Municipalities. There's also a county commissioners association as well. And they are looking at that data and that information to help provide to the local towns and counties in the state. So uh, Julie and I are actually, we, we reach out to all different types of resources to help us predict how it's going to go. And it do, does become difficult to predict. And I will say, and I think Julie would agree, when the pandemic hit, and you were mayor at that time, exactly, we uh, had a lot of questions. And if anyone would say, whether in the public sector or private sector, they knew exactly what was going to happen uh, when it was March, April 2020, then they they didn't know what was going to happen. So we had to do a, a job of being very conservative because there were a lot of predictions that the economy was just going to tank. And knock on wood, that didn't happen. But to your point, Mayor, uh, if you were to poll 10 economists, uh, I think you would have half saying, well, we're still due for a recession. And the other half saying, well, no, we're not going to have one. So which is it? Um, so that plays directly into how we put our budget together. And it is difficult sometimes. Yeah, it certainly is. And, um, um, you know, I, I'm hoping one, one of the uh, huge doses we can give our new board this time is really some, um, some expert economic advice, maybe bringing somebody into one of these sessions mm -hmm. um, and letting them hear from someone else. Uh, they, they listened to Julie and, and um, Andrew quite a bit. Uh, maybe it would make some sense for them to hear from some uh, credible external sources mm -hmm. as well. So we'll talk more about that as we work through it. But, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty new in this budget year process. So uh, when we start planning our, our uh, budget retreat, both our in-town and our um, very concentrated, uh, uh, I suppose we'll go, we went to Charlotte last year, mm -hmm. so um, I'm sure we won't go far this this, right. this year. It may not go out of town at all, but the board will be helping us make that decision mm -hmm. as we move move into uh, the next few months ahead. Mm -hmm. So, so more to come on that. But uh, uh, as far as uh, the revenues, uh, are there other sources other than, you know, we, we talk about sales tax, we talk about property tax, and we all dream about other resources for revenue. So how do you guys as staff think about that? And, and what do you see as other potential resources? Yeah. So, Julie, do you want to talk about the other, uh, beyond the first two major uh, revenue sources, what we have? Yeah. So, uh, Mayor, we, we do have several other revenue sources. Um you know, there's uh, outside of the property tax, which is the largest, um, about almost 60% of the revenue. And then uh, followed by the um, sales tax, which that's about 25% or so of the revenue source. So those two combined makes up the largest share. Um, we, we do have, um, you know, uh, PAL bill funds that we receive from the state. Um, and PAL bill funds just just so our audience knows, mm -hmm. um, are directed mainly to our town streets and our 
sidewalks and things of that nature. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Um, so we really we, depend on that, too. We, we absolutely do. Um, so that's, that's a, a very large one. We also receive um, uh, interest earnings this year has been um, much better. Something to talk about <laughs> this year. Absolutely. Yeah, much, much better than in, in previous years. And, and so we're, we're happy about that. But, you know, as the economy, like we were talking about, is that fluctuates. Sometimes so does those interest earnings. Yeah. So, um, we also receive a utility franchise tax as well, and that we receive that quarterly, and that also comes from the state. And that's most the largest um, amount of that is uh, uh, that depends upon like um, like your uh, you, your utility bills, and if it's been like a um, you know hot summer, you'll you'll get a little bit more revenue. So that's exactly you know just depending upon how the how the weather's been really yeah for the Fan, fantastic and um, you know we'll we're also the uh, uh, wonderful recipient from the state of North Carolina of about three and a half million dollars um, that didn't come easy uh, me the staff and a couple of our commissioners went to Raleigh and uh, we uh, uh, came back with with some success, fortunately, and uh, hopefully that will continue. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and you're about town talking town budget, and we'll be right back. again for our final segment of About Town. This is Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, and we're talking about town budget today. Quite a process we go through in the town of Cornelius, and I think probably every municipality in the state of North Carolina, if not the country, um, as we try to get it right related to our budget preparation and the uh, final approval of our budget. We have to have this budget done by the end of June. That is state statute, right? Yes. So if we get to a point and we can't agree on, on stuff, we have to meet until we do. Is that right, Andrew? That, that is right, even if you have to call for a special meeting. Right, yep. and we, we will do that if, if required. I, I don't think we will. We never have during my 10 years mm -hmm. of, of tenure in, as an elected official, but um, I certainly don't want that to start now. I don't think it will. Uh, knowing this board as I know them, I think we'll want to put this to bed as soon as we can, but get it right as well. We were talking about revenue sources for our town. Uh, I don't think we can have enough revenue sources right now uh, to pay for particularly all the projects that we face uh, as it relates to transportation and needs of our parks and rec and uh, many of the uh, uh, CIP uh, expenditures that we're faced with. That list goes on and on, and they're very legitimate expenses that uh, uh, are not just made up. Uh, sometimes we can do do planning and kick the can a little bit, and sometimes we kick the can a little too far, a little too long. And uh, so we, we also have got to get it right. I mean, you get a parking lot with holes in it. I can remember the time we had a real fight over whether to uh, remove the, the holes and the bad conditions of one of our parking lots. We finally did it, and um, but we had to keep, we had to actually kick that can to we get did. that budget approved. So it's all sort of negotiations that um, that have to take place along the way. So as we travel down this this road with uh, uh, additional revenue, I think one of the uh, real resources for us has been our friends and. Uh, 
family, if you will, at uh, uh, other governmental levels of government. Certainly Mecklenburg County has been good to us. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say enough good things about how important it is to have a great relationship with our county commission and our and our uh, county manager. So tell us about our relationship with the county and why that's important, uh, either Andrew and Julie. I know y'all both know. Right. Um, so <clears throat> we work hand in hand with the county all the time, and uh, we do the same with our neighboring towns. But, you know, the county obviously geographically represents everybody. Um, and we have um, a very good relationship um, staff to staff and then also elected officials to elected officials as well. Um, there are so many projects that we have worked on with the county through the years. I, 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 we could take 10 shows to talk about them. One of the most recent ones, Mayor, is, as you're very familiar with, um, the new North Mecklenburg Rec Center. Right. Um, and that was a... Uh, multiple years in the making and a lot of relationships um, between uh, not only yourself, previous mayors, uh, previous board members, current board members, staff members, um, uh, committee members, uh, park board members, you name it, just working hand in hand with the county to bring a project like that to Cornelius. It was a $42 million project, if I remember that right, mm -hmm. which is very significant for our town. It's Extremely. such a great facility. It is, uh, but that's just one example. Um, greenways, we partner with the county on greenways. Uh, when we construct a greenway, or sometimes we partner with the county for capital funds to construct a greenway, um, they they have graciously taken over maintenance of those greenways so that we don't have that expense moving forward. Uh, that's another example. Um, you could look at uh, projects like the Kane Center uh, right in our downtown. Uh, not only did the town contribute financially, but the county did as well. Because and, you they, know, part of our strategy with that was let's get the county invested in the Kane Center and then we can turn to the state of North Carolina, correct? which is the next aspect of uh, uh, resource for help mm -hmm. when we when we need to do special things. And uh, uh, so we did that. We got a million and a half out of Mecklenburg County. We turned to the state and said, hey, guys, surely y'all can do better than that. And, mm -hmm. and sure enough, they did. We got two, two and a half million dollars, which took us, which really came at a critical time in and around the COVID time with the Kane fundraising. Mm -hmm. It was a critical time to get that in the bank and move that forward. So many thanks to the state for helping us with that. Mm -hmm. But you know, the state came back to us this year. We, this trip to Raleigh that we, we have just talked about on multiple conversations with Raleigh as well. We were able to walk away with that with, uh, uh, several of our ask in place, which accumulated to about three and a half million dollars. Mm -hmm. The, the half a million dollars will be um, totally dedicated and is allocated to a new history museum in the town of Cornelius, which I think is very important to retain our, our history as folks are aging out like me. And, uh, and we're getting to points in time that uh, who are you going to ask about how was it back then? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very excited about that. There's we'll, we'll kick that off, and I think we're getting close to uh, some uh, contract in place, hopefully, to buy a building. Mm -hmm. But we have that half a million dollars uh, coming our way to help us with that. The other mm -hmm. three, this board will be making some decisions about how that uh, uh, travels through our budget process as well. Very critical to, to keep our uh, uh, conversations going with government. Same at the federal level. 
Uh, I know we've gotten some resources in the past uh, at right. the federal level. So mm-hmm. uh, we continue to work on that uh, through some of the infrastructure bills, through uh, uh, helping us with our housing needs. Uh, you know, we have a uh, um, lot of conversations with our representatives up there, uh, including Senator Tillis and Representative Adams. We'll continue those conversations, and um, we're going to be having some heavy ask at the federal level, too, mm-hmm. uh, coming about. We're working on those right now. Uh, also, other entities that we have uh, have to keep good relationships with is the uh, North Carolina DOT. Uh and I, I was just delighted to uh, come home after a few days out of town and hear that uh, one of our main critical projects, road projects, is now under contract. Uh, it was great to hear that on one of our local TV channels, and I'm just, just delighted that that's the start of it. We've got another one I know that's out for bids, uh, and we'll be back um, in, in January. So uh, so that started. But how are we going to pay for that? Because the town, in order to move these transportation projects forward, has had to step up to the plate a little bit and make some investments. And that does impact our budget, right? Absolutely. And uh, as you've alluded to, Mayor, and uh, Julie has as well, you know, our, it's not only our ongoing, recurring, annual operating personnel expenses, but it's also capital that drives the the expenses, if you will, for our budget. And that's one of the reasons why we forecast um, 10 years into the future, because these projects, we know they're coming, but they're not all coming in the next uh, 12 months. Um, so what we've done for several years is, to your point, plan for paying for that. And we've done it in a number of ways. Um, uh, in FY fiscal year 17, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that's right, Julie, that's right. We, um, the town board uh, wisely increased the tax rate a penny and a half. And so we're going to designate the revenues from that strictly for transportation for the projects we know that were coming. And I'm so glad and thankful that the board did that uh, many years ago. Uh, and that's the capital project fund that Julie alluded to earlier. Currently today, there's about nine and a half million sitting in that fund to put towards these NCDOT road projects. Uh, we've also uh, sold some transportation bonds that the voters have approved in the past. Um, and we have some funds sitting there ready to allocate as well. Um, Additionally, uh, speaking of the federal relationship, um, as a result of the pandemic, the American Rescue Plan funds that came our way, uh, the town board wisely decided to set aside roughly $3 million towards NCDOT projects as well. So all those are are cash on hand, if you will, but we will reach a point and we're projecting as early as uh, fiscal year 26 uh, to sell more bonds um, to help pay for uh, the rest of the road projects that we don't have enough cash for. And just so our folks understand out there listening, uh, you know, when we talk about bonds, that's a that's a a vehicle for the town to borrow money long term. Yes. It's like getting a mortgage on your house. Exactly. And um, you get uh, a multiple years to pay that back, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, you you have to pay it back. They're loans. And um, that all feeds into our our credit rating. And uh, Julie, how important is it to have a AAA bond rating? That that really impacts us in a good way, doesn't it? Yes, sir. It's we we are AAA rated, and that's that's very very good for us. It's good for the taxpayer's pocketbook. You don't have um, as high of an interest rate. It's basically what it boils down to. When we borrow money, that's right. Yes, sir. Yeah, and we we borrow money for a lot of reasons to buy police cars and. Uh, you know, not not just build roads. There's mm-hmm. a lot of it. Build parks. We we right. certainly do that with uh, 
some of the borrowings that we we put in place and mm-hmm. that just spreads it out a little bit and and uh, allows us the opportunity not to have quite as much impact on the tax rate right. and uh, it is important to keep our taxes low may let me let me be clear about that uh, but there's also a point that we need to meet the needs of our citizens and uh, keep our our um, services at at a expectation level that our citizens want and we know what that is mm-hmm. they expect a lot um, you know but i do remind our board practically every meeting every other meeting that this stuff isn't free we have to figure out a way to pay for all the things that our citizens want and different people in different parts of town want different things and we all represent the in, the entire town not just certain segments of it so we have to think globally within our town limits so it's been a um, uh, quite a process to uh, work through that and meet the needs of, of um, the local neighborhoods, but at the same time meet the needs of the the town as a whole. So that that's a that's quite a process. Uh, but the planning and the projections that we do are critically important to make sure the money's going to be there when the time comes. Right. And so that's that's why we've traveled in that direction. And and staff does a great job and making sure those projections are, are accurate as they can possibly be. So, you know, this this budget vehicle, we've talked about uh, making sausage today in terms of the budget process, and uh, I hope you understand that. If you have questions, please reach out to your town staff or your mayor. Uh, happy to help and, and um, uh, may, maybe give you some clarity about what that process is like. Cornelius Mayor Woody Washam, About Town. Thanks for listening today. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.